and a mouse keep running, running and 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 running, running Everybody and welcome to the Weird Science Marvel Comics Podcast. I am Jim, and this is episode 212, where me and Bren will be talking about two books. In particular, we'll be talking about Guardians of the Galaxy 6 and Empire number 6. And then I will be talking a couple books on my own, some things that will be coming out this week. And what those are... It's not a mystery. It's in the show notes. Amazing Spider-Man number 48 and Magnificent Miss Marvel number 14. But before we get into that, let me tell you where you can find us. You can go over to the Twitters and at WS Marvel Comics. You can follow us. We will follow you back. We could talk about comics, Marvel, DC, indie, all those things. Or we could just talk about life. I don't mind. I like to talk to people. We also have a website, weirdsciencemarvelcomics.com, where we have reviews of the books each and every week. And I have already done my review of the rise of ultraman and with that we also have a patreon account patreon.com slash weird signs where you can go and support us for this show all the other shows that we do but get a bunch in return one of them is the patreon only spotlight we do two books each wednesday night that are only found on the patreon and it looks like this week the winners were the rise of ultraman number one which i really really enjoyed and Web of Venom Wraith number one, a book that's going to be big in the whole King and Black deal. Johnny Cash is in the house, I think. I don't know. But with that, if you want to listen to us talk about Rise of Ultraman number one and Web of Venom Wraith number one, go over to the Patreon, patreon.com slash weird science and listen to that as well as some other things. I have a manga podcast that I do each Monday, manga Monday, I like to call it. We also have a Marvel events podcast where we are in the middle of talking a couple Black Panther books. And to keep the Black Panther theme going, we have a Back Issues podcast each and every month where the bad butts of the Get Fresh crew, beep, boop, they get to pick a book from a poll of this month, a bunch of Black Panther books. It looks like Black Panther 2099 is actually going to win. I'll be doing that this week as well. But there's a lot of shows over on Patreon if you want to check those out. But we're going to jump into some books right now. I'm going to go off to join Brandon up there in Buffalo, where me and him will be talking, as I said, Guardians of the Galaxy and Empire. Brandon's lame. 
His family's ashamed. His little girl wants to change her name. And it kept going. I don't know why, but here we are, Brandon. We are here <laughs> yes. with the books, and there's a weird deal. Something's going on with the audio, uh, definitely, because we were talking about it before. I muted your mic, and I could hear you moving stuff around and things. It was very odd. Something is up. So hopefully this, this records well. Here. Yeah. yeah, hopefully it records well. They must be updating something. Yeah. That's what usually Likely. happens. But. You are lame, Brandon. You're lame to actually say to me that you didn't like these books that we're going to be talking about. This is the Al Ewing part. Should have just not responded and pretended to be drunk tonight because I'm going to be miserable here. Pretend? I mean, really? That's crazy. Lame. So lame. You, you end up here with two Al Ewing books. And I know that Al Ewing is the bell of the ball. Everybody thinks he's the darling. He, he blocked For us, so I really else. don't care. I really don't care what we say about him. And if he would get offended, he would never hear this. But even if he did, uh, I don't like his writing. I like it on Hulk. That's it. And yeah. most other things I have read, even before, I know that everybody always points out the ultimate stuff. All the, but that's that's past that's long gone right so well, I'm going it's a by, long time ago at this point yeah, yeah i'm going with what we're getting now and, and what we're getting this week and what we're going to be talking about tonight because we're this guardians of the galaxy book uh coming off of a donny cates run that i thought was lackluster where i was so excited i was still fired up thinking donny cates could do no wrong now i still think that he's good but again i'm not going to say that everything he touches there. Yeah. yeah i mean he's not poop out you know birthday cakes here i understand that he can write well but sometimes he doesn't and when you end up getting this guardians of the galaxy book it seems like it's a book that especially with this cliffhanger because the cliffhanger does kind of point out at least the empire deal and how it's going to be a big thing yet when we're in the event they don't get involved and but even so the Guardian's book seems to be like everybody's playground to do other things than to write a good Guardian's book. Yeah. Now, some people to may disagree. The sales on their other projects. No, I, I just I don't understand. The whole thing with Donny Cates was the Thanos story. It was to continue and finish most of his Thanos stuff. Well, you get this run. I don't even know what's going on. We had the gods zipping around story then we end up having the big heist which was oceans a half and with that you have nova in this issue trying to say that that was like such a clever story and it seems like al ewing trying to convince us and it's weird because when i first started reading this when he was starting to go through the heist they just went i thought did somebody tell him that it was a really convoluted story that was hard to follow and he's trying to kind of you know, after the fact, explain it. I don't think that's the case. I think that this is one of those quote, I'm going to make my hero more human stories. Yeah, and that's definitely thing, what he's trying to do. Yeah. It, it feels at points like you are reading the Marvel version of Heroes in Crisis, which I, I hate to say to the people I've met, that story stunk. <laughs> it stunk on ice. It was yeah. terrible. It no was good. one of the things that a lot of people point at. As where they left DC So don't try to mimic that Whether it's mimicking it or not But it just, it felt like A lot of what we get a lot of times With Tom King over at DC Now again, he has a lot of fans And his fans are rabid fans That will support and defend him Till eternity I'm not one of them, I know you're not either So getting a book That's a cool down issue That's going to give you a more humanized Look at Nova and how war And how you know these things affect Might be good 
maybe at issue 13, issue 20, when we've yeah. actually had some story. And so there's a lot of people, me included, this is a lot of the Nova I've gotten. So you can't even say to me, well, Nova's been through the ringer. Now, to me, he really hasn't yet. You know what I mean? Because I'm just jumping in with this Guardians. I just want a Guardians book. But here are the stats. I'm going to read you the stats here once I get to them because I was paging through things and shaking my head all that time. It is Guardians of the Galaxy number six, written by Al Ewing, art by Marceo Takara, colors by Federico Blee, and letters by VCs Corey Pettit. I like the art. And, but actually, really, I, think I it's like Mitch, the art and then it Mitch fades. Garad's ripoff and it annoys now, me. It's weird. It kind of <laughs> fades at one point, especially the scene of you know in the office of the psychiatrist that gets really and i thought something was going on that was going to tie into the story with it like it, all of a sudden things weren't seeming right and i thought oh this is like a, a hologram or something they're on the holodeck they are it wasn't that it just seemed to fade but with this you do get a background uh recap deal which is not you know al ewing's thing that he usually does he doesn't do it in the mortal hulk so we get this previously a clash between the two different sex of guardians has ended an uneasy truce but now about uh without anger burning between them or a mission to distract them the guardians are faced with the reality before them peter quill is dead some are dealing with the loss better than others I, i'm gonna have to take your word for it because we don't get to see others we only really get to see gamora for a little and a flashback and you get nova yes. until the end then you get rocket and there's just not that much going on here and when you look at the cast of characters there's too many there's already too many characters too in many this I book in my about. mind. Yeah, and too many that you don't even deal with. And uh, you deal with Nova. I mean, for the part of this issue where you keep mentioning Prince of Power, and Nova doesn't even know who that is. He just keeps saying, "Yeah, that blonde guy. Yeah. That blonde guy. That blonde guy." I'm like, "Come on now." And yeah, the the big thing with me is this is cool if you're a Nova fan. I mean, you can raise your hand. Okay, one, four people raised their hand just now that are big Nova fans. You just upset and, all of the five Marvel. Yeah, Cosmic no, that's fans the thing. The yeah, I actually, I actually ended up uh, miss say, uh, ten people now, so six are upset. But you end up here with a issue where you have Nova, and he is going to go through his history a bit with this deal in half world he goes to a psychiatrist he's going to go once a week now but there is the like one scene from when he was a kid so you don't really have to know nova and that's one of the things that kind of gets me with this because it's pretty generic it's pretty generic of yeah my dad said that i couldn't do things on my own and it keeps leading back to the idea that he needed help from peter and peter got killed he keeps saying that in, then in between like yeah and then we were on this planet and we were we were doing this big galactic heist and they th these guys had galactus's powers and we're using it to make i'm like we just read this I didn't like it then. I mean, I, I was pretty, you know, confused and bored with it then. Now to have it back and then the whole deal with the psychiatrist. Well, uh, so everybody kind of came to a head at the end. And then the, did they fight each other? No, they fought the guards. They, they became a team. Well, you should be proud of that, right? Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm proud. Also, the idea, too, where the one thing that confused us the most was stuff with Moondragon. A and you have the whole Moondragon and Phi Lavelle. Uh, we don't want to get into that. Uh, yeah, I, I kind of would like to get into that to see that. That's what confused me the most of what was going on for the whole deal. But even so, you just end up repeating till you get to page about 
11 or 12 where then you do get something new but it's still old because it's a flashback where he goes and has a drink with Gamora at this new bar and they're drinking they're talking about the time and oh man me you and Peter we were a team we were playing family we loved each other I it was getting a little sexy I, I really don't know the particulars here but the whole idea of it is you know you ended up having Nova get Peter killed but Peter loved or you know Nova loved Peter Richard loved Peter and it kind of broke his heart as well but you know other than that what else are we getting I mean really what else are we getting the idea it's a long psychologist talk with with Nova it, it reminds me of those missions in Grand Theft Auto where you can randomly go to the psychiatrist and discuss your problems like yeah. why, why do you want to do that in the video game why do I want to it read reminds, it in yeah. a comic book and that's the thing with this, and people are people rated this pretty well. I mean, this got like a nine oh, seven. Yeah. I don't think it got a I ten, fell out of but my it got chair. like a nine. Yeah, you had to have looked, and and so some of the people are saying, "Oh man, this was a great cooldown issue. I love these character issues that show you the atrocities of war and how they affect." Again, this is like a heroes in crisis type deal. My only issue is if you have come into this Guardians of the Galaxy book like myself, and I can only talk for myself, but I'll talk for you too, Brian, because I like talking (laughs) over you as people know. But even with that, I'm talking myself going and I don't know a lot about Nova. I I know, you know, enough about Gamora and all this, but having an issue to give me the personal side of Nova after five issues is too quick. We haven't had enough of an established team here. They they just became. I feel like the Nova's team. only been yeah. in seven panels of this yeah. whole five issue because there's too so many fast. characters, yeah. and and so with that, yes, the big deal of this all was Guardians continuing with Peter being dead. I get that. I, I understand, but the idea of a cool down issue to show you the inner workings of you know nova's head and heart uh, i don't know it just seemed too quick and it seemed like wait a second we've only had one arc and you're gonna go with this already i think that they should have had you know a little bit more story before we got to some sort of cool down issue and then i started thinking maybe he was just busy doing that empire problem (laughs) is then i read empire i'm like nobody was busy with this thing i mean if you're busy with empire you're only busy trying to figure out how forced you can end something but But with this, you do end up with Gamora and Nova talking it out a bit, kind of getting along, too, until she says why she loved Peter. And then also the idea that Nova says, I love them, too. But she walks out and then you have the psychiatrist again talking about, well, you don't think you deserve people to help and the people love but why did you love quill why did you like peter and he says because he always had my back and that's kind of why he died that's how i got him killed and you get this deal where nova has to break free of this childhood upsetness of his dad always saying you shouldn't ask for help you don't need help you're better than that you're old enough you you better don't help is nonsense and he ended up getting you know, Peter killed because of that, but you end up having him say that he loved Peter. He's trying to get the idea that he deserves to be helped. He deserves to be loved. And then he goes off, flies out, says he'll meet this guy next week. He's going to keep the session going, goes and talks to Rocket. Rocket says, hey, uh, you, you see what's trending? And, and he's like, well, I know that, uh, you know, 
uh, Odell Beckham's trending for a disgusting <laughs> thing, good. but we won't talk about that. I, I saw one thing just as an aside. Uh, one of the my favorite comics I've ever ever seen in my life where if you know why Odell Beckham is trending, the person said, so it is finally resolved. He is a number two receiver. <laughs> it made me laugh so much. Oh, oh that was so good. That, that I'm telling you, I'll never see a comment better. You have to look up about oh, OBJ. Yeah. The but has been hot today. Yeah, he ends up getting steaming hot. And he ends up going <laughs> out and then he talks to Rocket Rock. He's like, hey, did did you check the Twitters here, the space Twitters? You should look under hashtag empire. And the good thing about it is when Nova does that, he's not going to have a lot of people in his way because not many people are yeah. looking up. At, but, but the whole deal is he finds out about the Kree Scroll Alliance, finds out about the Kotete, pretty much follow, finds out about the whole empire event after the fact yeah so he can't get involved <laughs> yeah. and gets, to me it's, he gets the uh bullet point summary of what's yeah. happened and, and the I thing I is did. i think that al ewing i know al ewing and i think we did also al ewing <laughs> ends up with that i think like yeah how are we gonna explain that oh i'll just say that he didn't get word until then like nova prime's not gonna get word uh, of the Cree Scroll Alliance of the Katate, please. But with that, you end. I thought the art was really good. I didn't mind, again, I didn't mind the actual issue. It just comes at a point where I need something from this book. And this isn't it. This uh, cool down, personal, humanized deal is not what I need right now from the Guardians of the Galaxy when I'm hanging on by a thread of keeping, uh, you know, this book going. And, uh, yeah, I, I thought that that was the misplay is the timing of all this and me not really getting, and you said, a lot of Nova Brum until this point. I mean, obviously, we get more of him here than we have in the entire five issues before. He even says at the points, well, I was kind of, you know, doing all the planning and stuff. And that's all he was doing. He was yeah, like in the back to tank. Yeah, he was in the back to tank getting healed. That's a Star Wars reference, and oh, you're lame. Yeah. You are lame, Brandon. But yeah, <laughs> with that it. though, yeah, I, I'd give this a five point five. What would you give it? I would give it just a, a special five because I, I mean, mm. I I couldn't care less. I stopped reading the first book to pick this one up to try to re- pick up my spirits, motivate me to keep going. And I'm like. There's too many of these issues in Marvel Comics lately. It's just uh, the, the author wants to pat themselves on the back for some, or think they're doing something special, like a very special uh, after-school yeah. moment or something like that. And it's just they happen too often to feel special anymore. When it's every fifth issue in every series Marvel writes, I just I can't care. Um, and boom goes the dynamite. You, know, you are it's, 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 These characters haven't been in this series doing enough to to like make me latch on i i have interest in uh that marvel boy he's been the most interesting character and i've lost interest in the characters that i do kind of like in this book like gamora and groot and and rocket like he's taking my interest away from i i don't know what's going on with this book but i don't know why everybody celebrates it i can't i really can't stand it they do but there's not a ton of reviews for it i actually looked and the the reviews the number are down i i've said it a lot of times where i take a lot of you know things from that not just the scores because you know there's some lame people who are going to just give 10 out of 10s every book and they kind of stick around because i guess in their head everything's sunshine and lollipops I can I don't understand it, but you end up with this where, yeah, I think there was five reviews. That's not great. Now, I will give you a little 
what grinds my gears real quick. And it's funny because I was going to put that sound effect in here <laughs> and I didn't. But I yes, I'm going to give a little what grinds my gears because I saw it today and it just kind of with that talk, it kind of reminded me of that as I end up getting the sound effect. You know what really grinds my gears? I hate when reviewers end up saying before month before something's coming out man that is going to be the greatest or oh my god so and so event is going to kick butt like you're a reviewer i it's fine to get excited but don't just you know throw out it's almost like you're you're playing your hand yeah, before yeah. it even comes out and i saw it twice today about the ten of swords i'm like how do you know this? I mean, it seems to me like then you're going to get in your head. Oh, my God. I, I told everybody it was going to be good, so I better review it good. I'm like, you don't play. That's yeah. that's not the game it, to play. The people, I, I don't know. Either the people that were starved for X-Men, they don't want the cohesiveness to go away, so they're going to like it no matter I guess. what. Or... Well, this person was just like trying to convince people that they should be reading everything, and it's going to be great. I Believe me, it's going to be great. I'm like, huh, how do you know this? It, it may. Take but a you gr- Grocery bill for a family of four. That's what it costs you to keep up on the X-Men. I know, really. And I have a family of five. (laughs) I don't have a job, so I got problems. But we're going to go to the next book, which is another Al Ewing book, joined by one of our other buddies, Dan Slott. Because it is a story by Al both Ewing of these and Dan Slott. fire lately. Empire number six. It's great, too, because both blocked us. I'll give Dan Slott, or actually, it's Al Ewing. I'll give Al Ewing full credit. He blocked us on the Marvel and the DC side. I oh, mean, he nice. did double duty. Yeah. Dan Slott, I think, in a, in a weird way, Dan Slott only blocked us on the DC side because I, I made a joke. He, he didn't like it. He didn't like the joke. I, I don't think he has a sense of humor. That mean. And it was one of those things. The net, the first person who says that I ruined Spider Man's getting blocked, and I I thought this was like a you know a first. challenge. <laughs> so I yeah, I went, you ruined. I I think I put you ruined Spider Man first. And uh, yeah, he he blocked me. I was like, well, I I played with fire, I guess. Yeah, I got here's burned. a hot take. I'll, I'll, I didn't care. I'll actually support Dan Runs Spider Man Run over Nick Spencer. I think Dan Runs was or Dan Slots was worlds better than what Nick Spencer's putting out. Well, I'll be talking about Nick Spencer's run a little later by myself because you hate it so much. But we're gonna go into Empire Number Six, story by Al Ewing and Dan Slott, script by Al Ewing, art by Valerio Skitty. Is what I found out his name was pronounced. I got shade thrown at me on YouTube. Color artist is Marte Gracia. Letters VCs. Joe Caramanga. After years of conflict, the Korean Scroll Empire suddenly united under the leadership of Emperor Doric the Eighth, the young Avenger and Kree Scroll hybrid known as Hulkling, also Teddy. His first act <laughs> as Emperor was to order their combined forces to Earth to defeat their mutual enemy, the plant like race known as the Kotadi. And if I already had a snoring sound effect, you would get it because already I'm like, there, there's the uh, setup and it just never interests me at all. Led by Qua, the prophesied celestial messiah and his father, the swordsman, the Katati plan will eliminate all animal life, starting with Earth. The united members of the Avengers and Fantastic Four have been defending the planet from the invading Katati, but were unable to stop them from planting the seeds for the death blossom. Once it blooms, the Katati will have control of all plant life in the galaxy. Oh, my. Captain Marvel and the Human Torch teamed up with former young Avenger Wiccan, who revealed he and Hulkling had recently married. He also exposed Emperor Hulkling as our kill, the former Skrull Empress in disguise. But when, while Wiccan and his allies freed the true Hulkling from captivity... 
off panel, I may add, which really drove <laughs> me nuts. They were too late to stop our kill from activating the pyre, a weapon that will end the threat of the Katati forever by detonating our sun, destroying Earth in the, in the process, which they should put. Um, and with that, y- you end up there is, you know, a pretty long recap right we yeah. do the recaps as a little you know get everybody on board that's why they're there so you already have we've already wasted five minutes talking this recap you have it there and then you go into the issue and they do it again Th- this is the thing that i don't understand from the get-go of this book you have had this quote-unquote event sitting around people bitching and moaning at each other you end up at celestial or adventures mountain in the celestial deal you end up with reed and tony they have sat around this entire quote-unquote yeah. event saying in a room. At-, at first it's my fault no it's my fault it's our fault us and then you end up then with Reed. Oh, come on, Tony. You always work in suits. I thought he was just throwing shade at him being a spiffy dresser. But we know Tony doesn't wear those kind of suits. With that, though, th- this issue, you got Reed putting on a suit. I'm like, this was just said. Uh, like, probably in the whole progression of all of this, 10 minutes ago, you only deal with suits. It's bullcrap. Hey, can I put on that suit? It's got a four there. I think this is my brand. <laughs> no, he puts it on. lets me stretch. Sign me yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he puts the suit on. But yeah, they go through a recap that lasts four pages. Now, that is fine. You are going to want to get everybody on board. This is what you have to... But you have a recap page. This is Marvel. You have a recap page. You don't need to have Tony and Reed go through this. And really, the whole deal is I think that Al Ewing tries to get himself out of it with a wink, wink, where you end up having Tony. Minus the time it took us to say that all out loud. I'm like, you stink. (laughs) You stink is what you're doing. Because all you're saying is, yeah, that pyre. thoughts here, you two. Yeah, it's like that that pyre and that we we just read that. So we're going to go off. And the whole idea is Reed's going to head off to go to Wakanda, all these things. And so this will be the start of one of the most forced issues I have ever read in my entire life. I have not (laughs) witnessed the amount of forcedness ever in something like this. And it being an event that you have already read five issues of and then get to hear saying, how the hell are they going to get out of this to have things just happen? People just come back from the dead. People are uh, suddenly just fine. People, it starts right away with the idea where first, if you haven't been reading the Fantastic Four as the tie-ins to this, which I know you haven't, Brandon, because you're not going near that book. Well, you end up having that Dark Harvest, and they had gotten that Korean scroll kid that you ended up having that they grabbed at that casino, the Fantastic Four in the Space Casino, and they ended up tapping into their pain and DNA and it, and so they end up hitting the omniwave projector to get the Cree and scroll to now hate each other again. So <laughs> the alliance breaks down. That's what happens here. The alliance is down. The Korean scroll now aren't fighting the Katari. They're fighting each, each other. other. Yep. Everybody's going wild. Ah, I hate you. Oh, you Cree. Oh, you scroll. So you go up to the flagship of the Cree scroll. They're like alliance, the kids the at the beginning of the issue. 
Yeah, so you you end up there and you go up there. Well, they use them to actually do this whole deal. That's been the whole thing in the Fantastic Four books. So they ended up grabbing them and making their hate for each other cause this nonsense. So you go up to the Kree Scroll Alliance ship where Morgan is freaking out. She's yelling, "Oh my god, I'm being ripped apart." She is a hybrid. She's Kree and Scroll. So she is being ripped apart pretty much at a molecular level, but also her brain, she's hating herself. It's like me. I hate myself as well, (laughs) but this is hurting her. It feels like I'm being torn in two. Okay, this would be a big, big problem for Hulkling. Except he still has the scroll inhibitor mask on yeah, that he ended up he's the man Hill in the iron mask on. right now. So yes, yeah, he still is that right. So he says, "Thank God I have the inhibitor mask because it is blocking out my scroll half, so that I am not being torn apart." Johnny says, "Man, good thing I couldn't get it off, huh?" So he has tried to get it off. Later on the issue, it just gets slapped off of Teddy when it doesn't matter anymore. And he just picks it up and puts it on his grandmother. And then it locks on her. And she says, I can't get it off. She punches it off his face. This is not something that's locked on, it seems. And that's nonsense. And so right there, you have it. So you have to get a plan going. What is going to be the plan? They are centering more on the pyre because they are more responsible for that. Because our kill, who was disguised as Hulkling, ended up sending the pyre out to explode the sun. So you get a plan that involves this. Hey, Johnny Storm, you can control flame, right? right? And it's it's (laughs) so vague. You You can control all flame, right? And Captain Marvel absorbs energy. I think you can tame an exploding sun. Now, now that might be, you know, fine, I guess, at the drawing board. But somebody should say, sun's pretty big. I mean, this is the, an exploding sun. Powers you want us to go, universe, what is Johnny going to be doing? You control the flames. Hey, he's dancing around. So he's like, well, technically. And the, so Captain man. Marvel jumps in. Captain Marvel jumps in. And I, I get the idea she's going to say, this is a real Hail Mary plan. I think we're all going to die. Nope. She just says, yeah, I do it. And I, I get the idea that she's like, this plan sucks, but I'm not going to tell him that because he, he's a sensitive guy. So I'll just tell him, you know, the deal. We, we can't get to the sun. It's 93 miles away. Wiccan jumps in. I can teleport us. Carol's like, oh, crap. I didn't know that. that I, I, I didn't, didn't want to die again. again. I didn't series. take that into account. I've been dying all over the place. <laughs> so they go off to the sun. They, the three of them, Wiccan, Carol, and Johnny, go off to the sun. They kind of point at it and then yell, Avengers assemble. Yes. And, and, and hang and out in the middle them. of it for a while. And, and I just want to point out that they get some help in a little bit. Then Super Scroll goes, and Super Scroll, when he gets there, says, I'm going to give you more flame. I'm like, no, 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 we need less flame. <laughs> We're trying to get the flame up. But with that, too, that's not, really, there, Super yeah, that's, that's not really what saves the day anyway. It, it is the, you know, the molecular composition of Reed's suit that, that uh, it's just nonsense. It saying. is complete nonsense. So we go off now because, again, everything has to be resolved. Another thing that has been going on in the event, and it's just been one long fight, it really has not progressed one inch from the start, is that 
She-Hulk is Kotati She-Hulk now. It has been spelled out that they had killed her, oh, she's dead, She-Hulk, yeah. and, and took her body. So she's been fighting Thing. What's you her end Avenger up with this, death count up to at this point? Three or four? It's getting up series? there. Well, One it, not at... Not at the end, because no, you have this back. going on. Fun. You have this going on, <laughs> and Sue and Manus are watching still. They've already talked about, hey, Manus, can you, like, control their brain? No, I'm blocked out. Hey, Sue, can you? No, they can't do anything until now where you end up having Sue. Listen, I'm going to supercharge. I am going to go so over the top. Everyone's the problem just supercharging is, here. I know. And it, she it's says, all Dragon Ball Z all of a sudden. It is. But she says, yeah, I, I'm, I'm not really tough like that. So when I do this, can you mind control me so I don't feel pain? Like, yeah, you know, so Manus becomes pretty much the, you know, (laughs) Oxycontin. She's the painkiller deal here of the mind. So she ends up doing this. And, yeah, you end up having Sue going ham as as the thing just starts talking. And I told you this from the beginning. And I remember, like, the first one or two issues. And it it was pretty obvious. It looks like Rey Mysterio out there. Yeah, really. He's going to do the 619. <laughs> I'm going to tell you about this whole deal. It's the, I, I don't, I'm not bragging about this because, like I said, I think that it was pretty obvious. But at one point we were talking and I said, I think that this whole story is just going to be about family and that's how it'll be resolved. And I even said it's going to in- involve those kids, the Korean, the Scroll kids, all this. Well, thing does kind of prove me a little right here as sue again like everyone else in this book just points her hand at things things are going on she ends up going and there's thing jen are you in there you're part of our family we love you you're part of our family all of a sudden she ends up sensing this from inside which i didn't even think that was going on anymore they showed her body being manipulated and ripped apart back on the moon and so you end up where she fights through the outer kotati shell there's an explosion and they go jen is that you and she says hulk saw something a door and Hulk not remember, but Hulk back. The end. That is how she hulks back. Immortal she hulk no, coming no soon. Explana- no explanation. <laughs> no, just the idea. I saw a door kind of hinting at the green yeah. door deal of the Immortal Hulk. With next that. pet yeah. project here. But even then, you have this whole time and, and she's just back. So what else happens then? What else happens is you end up having the you know wolverine and the other val and richard and uh or franklin and spider-man they're the new fantastic four during all this they end up trying to convince the korean scroll kids listen kids you have to think you your family it, it's just this just gets forced like you know only one other person in the universe understands what you went through and it's your other guy the korean the, you know you guys can get together you guys can be better than this and they go okay boom all of a sudden that omni project it's done all of a sudden now the kree and the scroll get along again and we're going to move on to the next deal and this just keeps going on everything is just hey at this point think of your family think of this hey think of how nice people are okay boom there you go well you end up then with the bunch of 
you know, characters up in the Kree Scroll Alliance ship. They are not listening to our kills nonsense anymore, and they decide to teleport to the sun to help out Carol and Johnny while you go down to Wakanda. Again, there's Wakanda. You all of a sudden have, you know, they're, ah, the Katati are going to win, especially when the pyre goes out. Yeah, then the Katati, they're they're set. Well, you end up, oh, man, we're going to win. This is great. No. Not now, old friend. It's Black Panther. He's alive. He was dead last <laughs> issue. He was bleeding oh, out. No, you're dead. the asshole. <laughs> yeah, and then they end up saying, the swordsman's like, hey, how'd you do that? You were dead. Nope. It, I'm a master of shadow combat. The end. That's how he came back. He, I can fake my death. Really? Slow that's, heart how, that's how you're going to do that. You end up, this is an event. It's it's a joke. It's a joke. Black Panther's back. He ends up fighting swordsman, runs his sword through, and it's the star sword, the whole Excelsior sword. Um, yeah, Teddy, the sword which I he was said, gifted in I the said beginning. the minute that he was going to end up doing something with it, he'll get rid of it at the end for a pose. But you end up where he runs it through. Also in the Death Blossom, which we've seen that it will then dissipate all that. The end of that. That's done now. <laughs> you have all these things going down while people are pointing at the sun. And you end up having Iron Man say, the way we're going to deal with this pyre is Reed's suit made of what he calls unstable molecules, molecules designed to adapt even to Nova heat. We're going to throw it in and the nanomachines are going to work and then they're going to remove the iron and then the sun won't be hot. All of a sudden you end up having the guys at the sun. I can feel it getting cooler. I'm like, you are two feet from the sun. (laughs) You're not feeling nothing. You're going to have a sunburn. And so he's like, oh, yeah, I guess it was iron from this man. And I'm like, I, I'm, I want to slice somebody. So, so with that, I'll just go down the line. I'm, I'm telling you, this is all nonsense. You end up with our kill fighting her grandson, Teddy. And this is where she slaps him. And that the mask <laughs> that Johnny couldn't get off falls off then because, of course, right after the Omni projector stops working so that he can get it taken off and not get, you know, it, Control. Take it down by it. I'm trying to yeah. even say I'm getting so angry. So you end up there where he then leans over, picks it up, and then slaps it on his grandmother and says, You're done. You can't change down. Nobody's going to listen to you. And you could have won, but you went overboard. And so there, she's done now. Now we, we go on now from there to where you still end <laughs> so stupid. You still end up with all the Kotati sorcerers. I'm exhausted listening to this yeah, again. <laughs> so the Kotati sorcerers are going around doing their magic. Thor shows up from that quest, says, my mom taught me how to do things, and ends up eliminating them with, with nothing but green lightning. lightning. Yes. And again, this is something that would have been better if that Thor book wasn't canceled. Probably but you know the what? only tie-in they actually needed. That's I know. I, I forget, and I wish I could remember who it was because they had a really, really good point that the idea that the Black Panther and the Wakanda tie-in was canceled and the Thor one, those two are probably the most important mm-hmm. where it looks like as you're going. But yeah, now the sorcerers are done. And this is where then Black Panther and Swordsman start fighting because you end up having Swordsman grab Qua and say, you know, I'll slice him if you get any closer. You're going to see he doesn't care about his son, but you end up where it's, you know, Black Panther. He's only trouble anyway. 
Yeah, well, and Black Panther just like kind of runs at Swordsman and then stabs him and then it goes into the Death Blossom. Hey, everybody's done. And that's it. So that's it. It ends. That's all they need to do because as that's going on, it seems that the rest of Kotati, they didn't like what Swordsman just did to the Messiah. But also they're like, eh, we, we kind of, you know, didn't really have our hearts in We this, had it good know? on the moon. <laughs> yeah, we, we really didn't enjoy all this. Well, you end up with a later then. So this is where you still continue the nonsense. So you have all this going on. And, and I want to stress the idea of we spent five issues just standing around, standing around yapping. And so you had to do this. There's no other room for anything but the most forced ending. And then, hey, uh, what happened on the moon, everyone? Oh, the X-Men, they took care of that off panel. <laughs> you don't even get it. Oh, they took care of it. It's okay. All right. I guess the Kotati are done. How about you, Qua? What do you think? I'm never going to give up, you meat bags. Someone I'm just like, burn them. I'm like, what, what happened? I'm like, yeah, you, you seem to be, you know, you, you saw your, your dad there. And he was a piece of crap. to watch plant life yeah. burn. And now there you go. He's just like, I'm going to go off and, and I'm going to fight another day. And hey, and Mandis is like, oh, no, my son. And y- you're my child. I am what you made me, mother you of Messiah. Mother He's really gotten a, a really big head all of a sudden as, you know, he's being led away. Everybody's there. And then you have, you know, Reed and Sue. They're sitting together talking about, oh, my this really is going to change the universe, no. which they, they said that at the beginning of it in that prelude. That's all they kept saying well, is, uh, oh, man. thinks he has to remind us because we just read nonsense for six issues. So yeah, yeah, the universe is different now. Don't worry. Yeah, and then you end up having, you know, Black Panther who used the sword. That's, you know, wasn't really the plan at the beginning, but it was a coincidence at work. He ends up, hey, Go away, sword. And that's where Teddy has the sword looking like Luke Skywalker there. As I don't know why everybody would Leia's be hip, They're, they're all posing this. They're, they're all posing here like jerks. And, and really, you know, some of these characters that are posing here, they kind of only redeem themselves for a second by the end. They, they should be, <laughs> you know, held accountable for a bunch mm-hmm. of stuff. Not Super Skull. He's okay. But yeah, yeah all he this was actually going surprisingly on. maybe the most. He was. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he was. And I, I told you, I felt here. bad for him at one point. But yeah, that's the end. Such a forced ending of all of these issues. And really, you still have Empire Immortal She Hulk, Empire Aftermath Avengers, and Empire Fallout Fantastic Four. Oh, if somebody fantastic. has them. I'm supposed to end up, I'm supposed to review that Aftermath Avengers. I started looking through that piece of crap. And and (laughs) you end up where we're allowed to put up things early. And this is Marvel's little bit of a sneaky deal. You know, hey, if it's a positive review, you can put it up a day early. Oh, really? A positive review, you say? Yeah, I ain't going for that. I ain't falling for that carrot. (laughs) (laughs) That thing's waiting for tomorrow, if if ever. Because I end up, you know, looking at it, I'm like, Oh, God, I thought I was done with this crap. And so we'll see. But this was nonsense. It was complete and utter nonsense. It was not an event. It was just bullcrap. It was bullcrap the whole time. And it was boring. Nobody cared. In the vein of, uh, you know, Civil War II and Secret Empire, where nothing mattered by the end. It was all nonsense. Yeah. 
everything was was a red herring it was everything was set up for this issue to be forced into being a surprise i'm surprised people weren't twirling mustaches and stuff it's that bad it was really bad i like the art but it was bad swordmaster is the perfect type of mustache to twirl to he really missed the chance he was twirling it the whole time (laughs) but I, i gave it a four I was definitely the lowest. And when I looked at the I scores, know. I'm like, really? Really? You're really. Somebody gave this a 9 8 and said that this was a winner in every way and a great ending. Really? It is forced to the nth degree. Yeah. You have things being solved by snapping your fingers at some points, and it's just nonsense. Everything is a, aha, you thought I was this, but I'm now that. Oh, you thought I was dead, but I'm alive. You thought I was. Nonsense. Yeah. Four I out mean, of ten. I mean, you can't the the whole Marvel universe at this point between the X Men and three Avengers that died here. That could nobody actually like you're nobody dies in comics. You get that, but when you no. you yeah. kill them and you bring them back in in an issue and or one two, issue, it it, it totally yeah, like takes it. any suspense out of reading anything. You know these. It it happens just. You know, I went on a rant last book, and this is going to be one about comic book deaths because it just. I don't know. You can't feel important if it, the character's not gone for more than a couple panels. And boom goes the dynamite. Why do I? It's why true. do I care? What am I reading this for? I so. know. Yeah. And why do you get upset? Like, oh my, you know. No. And again, remember that Tony and Reed just sat there the whole time. Also, actually, I do want to. Also, we forgot one point: the idea where you had Reed go with his suit, and he. he Shoots out some acoustics that make it so that Qua oh, yeah, can't yeah. use his power. So it, this was all like Sonic's, like Venom. He's, he can't yeah. work. <laughs> yeah. So that there you go. So mm. all of this was let's sit around till the last second, and then we'll go out and solve some stuff. And Thor coming, and hey, wicked a whack. You end up with the the sorcerer. Oh, they're done. All of that going on. Plant it just monsters. Never we read this six should, issues for plant monsters. Yeah, this should have just pretty much been a story in the. Fantastic Four book or crossed over a little with just the Avengers, not a 30 plus issue event, which was going to be 50. And now I'm wondering, was it because you end up having the shutdown and they were afraid that people wouldn't have the money or did they just look at it and say, this story's bullcrap. It can't be 50 some issues. We got to cut some Probably of this crap both. out because yeah, it, it just both. was not great. It was not great at all. Uh, what What are you giving it? I don't know. I feel bad even giving these books a score today. I'm going to give it a special five again, a double special five today, just because I I could not have cared less after reading both these issues. Just like, all right, let's move on with our day and then read something else maybe to cheer me up because these ones did not really do it. I could read the phone book now and it would cheer me up more than this crap. But we're going to go off now. I'm going to be talking about two other books here. Maybe Two, maybe one. We'll see. It's getting late again. But I'm going to be talking about some books that I actually liked a little more than these. So we'll get some positive spirits. But I will say adieu to Brandon up there in Buffalo. And we'll go off to me talking some books. All right. And I think I'm going to be going through The Amazing Spider-Man number 48. And then we will call it a night. But it's Amazing Spider-Man number 48, legacy numbering 849. The big issue, 850, coming next issue. It makes sense with this being 849. So I was worried a bit that Nick Spencer was just going to use this issue to get things kind of lined up for the big one. And he does a bit. But I still actually like this issue. It is written by Nick Spencer. Pencils by Marcelo Ferreira. 
inks by Roberto Poggi, colors by David Coriel, letters by VCs Joe Caramanga. The Sin Eater is back and more dangerous than ever after using Nora Winner's threats and menaces site to broadcast his manifesto. He has started ga- gathering a flock. It's it's more of an angry mob, if you ask me. Sin Eater is cleansing criminals of their sins, leaving them completely reformed and desperate to make amends. Spider-Man believes Sin Eater's first victim, Overdrive, was the exception to this rule. Carly Cooper revealed that vengeful cops actually attacked Overdrive in the hospital. This was not Sin Eater's doing. That kind of threw Peter for a little bit of a loop. Desperate. Spidey broke up a gathering of Sin Eater's recruits, but Sin Eater completely outclassed the wall crawler with stolen powers taken from cleansed supervillains. Now Sin Eater's revealed his next target, Spider-Man's arch nemesis, Norman Osborn. And this whole issue pretty much revolves around the idea of if somebody is going to cleanse Norman Osborn of his sins and what we've seen, what ends up happening when this does go down is you do end up with a docile person you end up having a better but you count nefaria he ends up just sitting around you know talking to himself and playing some chess they're not lobotomized but they are certainly they seem better and so is this one of those situations where spider-man should look the other way and let it happen should he let that happen and then take down sin eater should he let Things kind of go and, you know, maybe go out for a sandwich or something and then see what happens because that wouldn't be his fault. It's kind of the deal. And you're going to end up with Peter having to really decide for himself what is right and wrong, what is maybe for the better good later on down the line. Because if you do save Norman Osborn, there's a good chance that he will again become Green Goblin and he will kill somebody you love. So that is the conundrum here for Peter. And he, there's some guest stars in this book that I really do like that end up showing up to maybe convince him of that, maybe to talk to him and get his head straight. And at the end, trying to end up convincing him in a certain way that doesn't seem to go. And so you end up with the whole deal kind of like, hey, we're going to have to go stop Spider-Man. But we'll get to that as we go, because the Sin Eater is winning. And you end up having Nick Spencer do a little bit of a social commentary. In my mind, you may be going with a little political deal of if you have a leader that is, you know, bad, his followers might take that and run with it and become even worse. Or you also go with the idea or and or. The idea that, you know, like an online deal, if you are anonymous, which a lot of the mob is, the Sin Eater mob, it has the Sin Eater, you know, masks on so nobody can see their identity, thus allowing them to do some pretty crappy things. I mean, they end up pretty much going over the top with this one of the scenes showing that and and the narration of it that they end up just deciding you know, it's not sins. All of a sudden, they're not showing up at a guy's house that was arrested for an awful crime but got away because he paid off the lawyer and they have to cleanse him of his sin. Plus, with these, these aren't the sin eaters. These are just people who they cleanse people by beating the crap and maybe killing them. So they're going after pretty much anybody that they decide. Mob rule, they decide who needs to be cleansed or not. And a lot of times through the narration, you see that they do it by just, hey, that person doesn't look like me. 
ah, they must be sinners. Let's go get them. You know, there's prejudice going on, all these sort of things going on that are leading to people doing some really, really awful things. And, of course, Spider-Man's going to try to stop them. He's going to fight them. He is trying his best. One guy just has a big, like, the biggest ball-peen hammer I've ever seen in my life. Looks like he's a, you know, an iron driving man. This guy must work at the railroad. Uh, you know, he's driving spikes in. So they're all fighting a lot of crowbars, a lot of nonsense like that. One guy is an axe. And so they mean more business than the kids at Yancey Street. The, the Yancey Street kids, they got pool sticks and stuff, a shovel. These guys have some weapons, though. I will say they, they don't seem to be fans of guns. They like a little personal touch. You know, usually you get a personal touch with hired goons. But here they're getting it with ball-peen hammers, sledgehammers, bats, and axes. Well, Spider-Man jumps in, and he's got help. Miles shows up, which is cool. Miles shows up and ends up, you know, trying to assess the situation, giving us a little bit of background here. Like, hey, these people are pretty bad because they're anonymous with their masks. Yup. And then you fight a little more. And like, oh, man, you know, makes me feel like a hypocrite. We wear masks. And, and Peter says, well, you know... The whole idea of this is that we're good. They're, they're bad. And, and there's no doubt about it. There's no gray area here. These people are awful and they are hurting innocent people. So you end up having Peter and Miles take care of this big mob. They end up, you know, knocking some guys out, maybe breaking a few bones here and there, you know, you know, when the ref isn't looking. And then also, you know, webbing some people to cars and poles and things like they do. And then they're like, eh, well, you know, what do you think's going on? What do you think the Sin Eater's really up to, huh? And you have one of the guys, of course, he wants a world without sin. You know what he's about to do. Our master is going to finish the job you never could, Spider-Man. And yeah, he's heading over to Ravencroft Institute where he's going to cleanse Norman Osborn of his sins, which will probably end up superpowering you know, Sin Eater, you don't need that, but also it could kill Norman, and this is where we have the rub of the issue, the conundrum that I talked about earlier, because we do go off to Ravencroft, and the Sin Eater mob is gathering outside the gates. Norman doesn't look too upset. He looks kind of like he's a little smiling, a little crazy here, and you end up with the guards busting into his office. Hey, hey, Norman, we're going to evacuate you. We're going to go out the back door. We're going to run. Uh, very Star Wars ass. This is very Grand Moff Tarkin, who's like, "What? In our moment of triumph, I think that you're giving them a little bit too much." I had predicted exact quote, but you end up where he's like, "No, no, no, I ain't going anywhere." I mean, Ravencroft, that's mine. I'm running this place. They're not going to scare me out. Plus, kind of got a little secret weapon. Wink, wink. As we see that big cell and hear a bunch of loud noises from it. You know, so we'll see what's going on there as the Sin Eater mob is, you know, pretty much busting down the gate and coming in. And of course, that would probably mean that Miles and Peter are on the scene, right? And they're ready. No, no, they're just hanging out. They're hanging out on the rooftop talking, a little yapping, a little Spider-Man time with the two of them where this is where you start to get that whole deal of the issue where Miles says, listen, um, yeah. If Sin Eater's going after Norman Osborn, you can actually cleanse him of his sins and make him like Nefaria and stuff like that. Yeah, you, you probably should look the other way. You, you, let's let him do it. Why would we get involved? This is something we've always wanted to have happen. And I know that 
you have the problems with, you know, this Norman Osborn, this Green Goblin, but I've run into him in my Ultimate Universe, and that guy was a real jerk. I mean, he was on fire, this guy, and I don't mean that in a great way. Also, he ends up tying it in. Yeah, that's when I met you, but it wasn't you. You know, you have all these multiversal things, but you get the point where Miles just says, you know, alternate Osborns and all, they're always bad. They may be different, but they're always the same. They're always causing problems. So I'm telling you, why don't me and you go to the arcade, play the little asteroids for a little, maybe, maybe even get crazy and maybe even play like, you know, I don't know, Gorf. That that game's pretty cool, right? We'll do that. It'll talk crap on us. If you ever played Gorf, you'd know that that game talks a lot of crap. But he ends up, yeah, okay. Well, Peter, you know, you know, he always does the right thing, but he is kind of at a crossroads of trying to decide what's going on, and he will go on about all this. And yeah, you know, I I hate to say it, but Miles has a point. Whether it's Green Goblin or Norman Osborn, it's hard to see. You know, not hard to see how the story ends. He always ends up turning into Green Goblin and hurting people that Peter loved. Well, we go back to Ravencroft where you do end up having Sin Eater yelling, you know, almost like a say anything deal, but he's not holding a radio uh, above his head. He's just being awful with the mob. It's nothing like say anything now that I say it out loud, but he ends up saying, hey, everybody gather around. I told you to receive a gift. Here you go. I'm going to make you awful. I'm going to make you so charged up and awful. Here you go. And you have like the black lightning going out of him into these people. And they are just crazed. And he's like, accept your calling as I accepted mine. Now go forward in my name and cleanse. And yeah, you have all walks of life there. Some people in shape. This one guy has a big beer belly. They're all going to cleanse. They're all going to cause a lot of problems as they run into the deal. But with that, you have Peter still fighting other. You have these mobs all over New York. So he's fighting another one here, trying to stop him down the subway. While, again, he's thinking about the idea that Norman Osborn, how awful he's been. He killed everybody. He killed everybody I love. Not everybody, but he's tried. Uh, but one person he has killed, Gwen Stacy, obviously. And that's a big deal to him. And he said, with that, you know, I promise Gwen... She was dead. She didn't hear it unless you believe in heaven and hell and all that. But I shook my fist at a cloud and yelled, I will avenge her death. And and what would she think of me now? I didn't do it. I I couldn't do it. I had chances, but I couldn't do it. And it, it really reminds me a lot of Batman and Jason Todd here. Well, luckily, I guess for Spidey is that. Gwen Stacy shows up. Yes, Gwen Stacy, Ghost Spider Gwen Stacy, the Gwen Stacy from the multiverse shows up and starts helping him, starts helping him fight these guys. You end up with a pretty good explanation if you're not, you know, down with the whole Ghost Spider and this Gwen Stacy. You see her deal a little, but this is the closest, and Peter says it, you're the closest that I can get to actually talking to Gwen and finding out what's going on. So, Kind of, you know, theater of the mind here. Pretend you died. And then when you died, I I said, I'm going to get my vengeance for you, Gwen. And then I didn't. What would you think? And I wish Gwen, "Uh, nothing, because I'm dead. But she's like, well, you know, that's the thing. It's about what you have to do for yourself, but also ends up going. And this is probably my favorite part of the issue, talking about. 
being Gwen Stacy in a world that pretty much uses Gwen Stacy as the idealized girl, the perfect angelic Gwen Stacy who died the tragic death. She was the tragic victim. And oh my God. And she says, I live half of my life here and people only know me and my name from somebody who died. And it, it kind of stinks. And that's not me. You know, I am Gwen Stacy. I'm from the multiverse. and But I'm not a perfect angelic girl. I mean, for crying out loud, I'm in a band and I play the, you know, in the sp- nonsense. So she ends up like, yeah, you know, I don't think that your Gwen was really what you have, you know, put her on this pedestal about. She was probably pretty tough. She probably, you know, ended up being a fighter. And doing all that And I think that she would understand what's going on And understand that this is a tough choice That you have to make And it is your own choice And so Peter goes off with that As we end up seeing Norman now Being surrounded by these awful Sin Eater mob Uh, And oh my god What's going to happen Oh my god Spider-Man better get there But before he does We have another guest star It is Julia Carpenter Madam Web and Madam Web starts explaining things again and kind of gives the the combo of everything we got to kind of set things in Peter's mind pretty much, you know, boom and hit him with the idea. Listen, you know, I'm here because the web tells me this is a very important moment in your life, Peter, and the outcome of all of it remains unclear. It's frustrating me. I don't know what's going on. And she says, the sin eater terrifies you and is making a move on the man you fear most in this world. And you will, you're you, paralyzed by a mix of doubt, guilt, and responsibility. And she even says, and it's kind of Nick Spencer making a joke to himself. You know, I assume the inner narration must be overwhelming. And he's like, yeah, yeah, it's pretty bad. But the whole idea of this is her saying, listen, you know, You have to think this through. You have to think of all the bad things Norman Osborn did. I know that you're haunted by the memory of the ghost of all of these people that you think were your responsibility. And Norman Osborn slash Green Goblin have killed. And, you know, you end up with this. And, yeah, you're not going for revenge here. You just need to stop all this and all that going on. But I just want to tell you, if you end up thinking the idea, well, Norman Osborn being cured, quote unquote, cured by the sin eater is the best way to do this. If, if you are trying to do this, just remember, if, if you save him, though, you know, if you don't let him kind of get cleansed, if you save him, he will kill again. He will go and kill. That is inevitable. He always does, and he'll kill somebody that you love. That's what's going to happen. That's, you know, pretty much fact with Norman Osborn. Plus, it kind of, you know, goes to the whole comic trope thing of it. And so she ends up saying, you got to make up your mind. He goes off to save Norm. In Norman, it seems. He goes and busts in, grabs Norman. Norman's like, what are you doing? He's like, I'm saving you. Jerk punches him in the face, and then he's going to go off. Well, we end then. With a bunch of cool characters The spider characters They're all gathering on the rooftop And yeah, you you end up getting Madam Web Spider-Woman, Jessica Drew, Ghost Spider Silk, Spider-Girl They're all there with Miles And basically say, yeah, he went We, we kind of thought that maybe we could stop him But he went, he's going to save Norman So now we're going to have to go off And 
take down Spider-Man. We're going to have to stop Spider-Man for doing something that, you know, maybe he shouldn't do. We could stop the madness. And so we're going to have to do that. And it's a pretty cool ending. Uh, again, though, it's just setting up next issue. But it does set up something more. And the whole idea of, oh, my God, you know, we have even that going on. I can't wait. And I, I really think it was done pretty well. I like the Gwen Stacy part the most. It, it actually, because of the idea of me being a Ghost Spider fan, it does kind of give you like that jab at people who throw shade. Oh, I don't need that Gwen Stacy, things like that. It's It was well done. So I do like that. I thought the art was pretty good. Overall, I'm going to give it an 8 out of 10. I did enjoy it. I am looking forward to 850. I wish that Brandon would give this a chance. He just He just doesn't like it. He just doesn't like Nick Spencer and it it must kill him because he loves Spider-Man, but he has bailed on it. So with all that said, yeah, it was my favorite book of what we talked about tonight. And I hope that everybody, when you get to read it, I hope you enjoyed as well. Let me know. Tell me what you thought. And with what's going to be coming up on the podcast and the feed, I have actually been pretty sick the last bunch of days. And I have... The next X-Men episode, it's halfway done. I ended up having to stop because I was coughing up a storm. I ended up having to re-record this little segment because I was coughing pretty bad. I, I end up, I'm telling you, my whole family is sick right now and everybody's miserable. Everybody is so miserable, but, you know, we'll get through that. So expect in the next couple days an X-Men episode. Uh, an X-Men episode that will have a bunch of books because I think I have like six books I have to deal with and get those caught up with, including some that come out this week on Wednesday. So look for that a little bit later on in the week. And then, yes, uh, I think that at some point, once I get a bunch of issues or if it's a week that has a bunch of issues that Brandon doesn't necessarily read that I read as well, I will have, you know, mixed in there. One of my episodes where I talk about some other books, not X books, but other books that Brandon doesn't talk about. Uh, I was planning on talking Miss Marvel tonight, one of my favorite books, and I, I haven't read it yet. I was going to read it and then just jump back on. And it is one of those books that's going to be heavily influenced by Outlawed, which I am not a big fan of. So I'm hoping, though, that I get a little something out of that book that I can still enjoy, but that will be. For later, I hope that you enjoyed this, and at least we end it with a positive note with Amazing Spider-Man. So check that out, and I will just remind you really quick: we're on Twitter at WS Marvel Comics. We have a website, WeirdScienceMarvelComics.com, and we have a Patreon, Patreon.com/WeirdScience, where you can support us for all this and get a bunch of shows. In return, and as I said, I will point it out once more, the Patreon spotlight where me and Brandon get together and talk two books will be Rise of Ultraman number one and Web of Venom Wraith number one. And if you, I'll just say, even if you're not on the Patreon, if you are somebody who likes to give things a try, if you're a little more open-minded than some and whatnot, and even if you don't know anything about Ultraman, I think it was a really good number one issue. I'm a fan of Ultraman. Jeez, I almost coughed right there. I'm a fan of Ultraman. So it tickled my fancy. But I think that even people who are not really down with Ultraman can jump into that and learn a little bit about the character, but also have some, you know, fun space future tech 
type of deal going on. And it's an oversized issue. It is a little bit more money. It's five ninety nine. So that's it's kind of a shame for a number one that is a niche title like that. But uh, if you like stuff, it's oversized. You get a lot of bang for your buck. The art's great throughout. You even have Gururu in there, which I do love as well. But yeah, check it out if you can. And if you want to check out the Patreon and hear me talk about it, because that'll probably be something that I talk about by myself. I don't think that Brandon will know or care what's going on. It's not his cup of tea. Like I said, if you're open-minded, you go and read it. But yeah, he'll be talking, definitely talking with me about Web of Venom Wraith number one, though. So everybody, thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed this. Again, I'm going to get back on a regular schedule. I just have to just get rid of this, whatever it is, flu, sickness, you know, cold. I don't know, but we'll figure it out. And thanks, everybody. And I'll talk to you later.